This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. What do you think of when you see those words? Maybe I should say, who do you think of when you see those words? Well, you know, I think of John Wayne in some of the old westerns about the time he's going to sock somebody in the jaw. This is not a very good uh, characteristic to have is to be good for nothing. We found this phrase in the Bible two times. This one is very familiar, Matthew 5 and 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but is to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. I presume each one of us is familiar with some food that's went bad. You know, you open the refrigerator and it's growing. You know, it's, it's good for nothing. But when I'm thinking about this phrase, good for nothing, how can that help us in our spiritual walk? We talked about our walk, our Christian walk this morning. How will this help us? So let's see if I can get to some places that will help us. In 1 Corinthians 13 and 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Last Sunday, 2 Peter 1, we talked about love or charity. First, later on in 1 Corinthians 13, the greatest of these is charity or love. So I'm going to say, without love in your life, you're good for nothing. But let's think about this a little deeper. As Paul was writing here, he was talking about, if I have the gift of prophecy, and I have all knowledge, all faith, and I feed the poor... In my opinion, this guy is probably an A-plus Christian. He's probably really good shape. But it profited him nothing because he does not have love. So love is an important factor we all need more of. Matthew 22 and 37, a very common few verses. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, well, I saw I got them verses, them words, doing it from memory. It didn't work, so I start over. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is likened to it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Question, do you love God with all of your heart? your mind, and your soul. Do you? Well, we need to. Do you love your neighbor? 
If your neighbor has a problem, do you help or do you pass by on the other side? I know all the excuses. I'm busy. I don't have time. We got appointments. Do we pass by on the other side? We need to have that love in our life. Another thought along this line, let's look at uh, John 15 and 4. And this says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and he is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Each one of us realize what it's like if you go to the garden and a branch just fell off of the tomato plant, it's going to wither up in the heat. So are we abiding in Christ? Because if we're not attached to Christ, you're good for nothing. You have to be attached to Christ to have anything of value towards that home in heaven. Another favorite verse, Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now I want to get to the other verse that has good for nothing in it. Jeremiah 13 and 10. This people which refused, this evil people which refused to hear my words, which walk in the imagination of their heart and walk after other gods to serve me and to worship me, even as be as this girdle, which is good for nothing. I I just don't know a lot about girdles. Uh, I don't think when we see this uh, phrase girdle, it's talking about what women wear, okay? When you look at it a little bit, it could be a belt. It could be a band that they wore. But let's say it's an article of clothing, and it's good for nothing. We, We probably all have had something like that. It just was good for nothing. That's really not the part I want to look at. This is the part that I want to focus on for a while. These people refuse to hear his words. They walk after their own thoughts in their heart. They serve other gods. They worship them. They are good for nothing. Think about it. There's 4,200 religious organizations. 4,200. I know this is right because the internet says so. That's a joke, okay? But that's, that's worrisome to me. Years ago, I went in in Wheeler, Texas. That's a long time ago, okay? They had a calendar. And this calendar had all the churches in Wheeler's address on it. And it had a pathway and a shining light. And it says... Choose the church of your choice, but let's walk together. That worries me. That worries me. So let's carry this a little further and do some thoughts on it. Second Peter 2 and 1. 
But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring them upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Most of you, or some of you, have heard about this story that happened in Wheeler just in the last week or so. There was a lady uh, talking about religious things. And another lady there says, I don't believe that's in the Bible. She said, that's right, Jesus told me. That happens a lot nowadays, and I think it falls into this line of false teachers. I think it'd be funny if you was there and that happened. Says, no, Jesus told me he didn't tell you that. Because he could tell me just as much as he tells you. But so many people get caught up into this that they get led astray by false teachers. Let's go further with this. And through covenants shall they be, they with fringe words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbers not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved into judgment. I want to thank just a moment when we think about 4,200 religious organizations. Think about the different ways that you can have your sins forgiven. Sit there and think. I mean, I've heard of a few. I've heard about uh, saying the sinner's prayer, and then you punched a ticket to heaven. I have heard about maybe you go forward and you are, are sprinkled. You're not baptized. You're, you're, you're splashed with water. You know, I've heard about you are saved, and then at a convenient time, if you want to, you can be baptized. And my favorite is put your hand on the TV screen and you got her made. All of these things and, and a lot more than I'm not aware of. And people will believe these and they, they think everything's fine. They go on their way happily thinking that their sins have been forgiven. They believed a lie. And they've done all this out of a real good heart, but it's good for nothing. So let's think a little bit. I believe that everyone in this audience ought to be able to tell someone they run into how their sins are forgiven. And again, I think probably most of us do here. But we're told in Romans 10 and 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's hear what Jesus says. This is Jesus' words. In John 8 and 24, I said, Therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I'm he, you'll die in your sins. This is very common. We should know this. If you don't, let's, let's get it memorized. 
Luke 13 and 3, I tell you nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. There has to be a change. Some of these religious organizations, you become a Christian, you live like you always have. Nothing has changed. That's good for nothing. When nothing changes, continue to live sinfully. Matthew 10 and 32, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Confession has to be made. You've seen it happen over and over again. People come to the front. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? That's the confession. In Mark 16 and 16, He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Can it get any simpler? Believe and be baptized or be damned. This is all Jesus' words. Let's continue. Matthew 28 and 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Ghost. Why? That's why we say this when you're in the water. You're baptized in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Ghost for remission of sins. Acts 2 and 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What happens? Then your sins are forgiven. This is when your sins are forgiven. You need to be able to tell others this to help them to become a Christian. It's not hard. But all of this other stuff is flooding the religious world to become a Christian. Let's think about this for a minute. And I, I've told some people that I felt like I'm getting harsh. In Ephesians 4 and 4, there is one body and one spirit, even as we are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through you all. We have one church, one body, one spirit, one hope, one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one way. We need to understand that. We can't have all of these different choices. And I'll make this statement. The others are good for nothing. Now, let's try to unharshen it a little bit. When we're dealing with those without, Colossians 4 and 5 tells us, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. We can get in a heated argument with somebody and tell them that their religion is good for nothing. That'll accomplish nothing. Absolutely. We have to have our speech seasoned with salt. We ought to know how we're to answer. We've got to have knowledge to get those without to come to Christ. You know, I've heard about people say, Oh, I want to take a Bible and bash them in the head. That will not help. That will not help. 
What if we said, I don't know if that's in the Bible, can we study and be gentle about it? Set up a study. I have read this in the Bible. Let's study about that. That is the way we should go forward. And be gentle. Be meek about it. We have some warnings. 1 John 4 and 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out in the world. For those of you here, don't believe what I say. Go into the Word. Go into the Bible. Don't believe what Jay said. Go into the Bible. Prove him. I do believe what Jay said, okay? Prove him. We have to know when someone is getting off course. Jesus has given us a warning. Matthew 15 and 13. And he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in a ditch. This is the warning for us not to get caught up with the things, religious things of the world. Watch out. You know, some things may seem like fun. It may be entertaining. There may be large crowds there. Follow the scriptures. Stay with the scriptures. It is written. It is written. We need to know what's written. Follow the scriptures. This is a little bit different on the good-for-nothing topic. James 2 and 19, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? So much of the religious world, works is not too important. One, we'll hire somebody to do those works. We'll have another guy to work with the young people. And y'all just need to, to come when you can. Send money, of course. Works are needed. Works are needed in this congregation. We need teaching. We need studies. We need inviting others. We need uh, being hospitable. We need visiting people. We need food taken to people. We need good deeds. All of these things, works is necessary to reach a home in heaven. Mark 8 and 36 What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, each one of us work somewhat. Each one of us like to play. We have our toys. We have our friends. We have our hobbies. But when they take away too much valuable time from our Christian walk, that may not be very profitable in our walk when we have devote too much time to other things. So that's a thought that we may need to take of. And I like this one. Psalms 49 and 16. 
Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. We're not taking nothing with us. Everything that we gain in this world, we're not taking nothing with us. And I don't need this in a bad manner. Queen Elizabeth died. When she gets to judgment, she will have nothing with her. And that's why if anybody famous, you're not going to have nothing with you. When you stand at the judgment for God, take nothing with you. Okay, let's think about this as we try to wrap up our thoughts this evening. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his angels. I have a question for you. Do you know God? Better yet, did God know you? And have you obeyed this gospel of Jesus Christ that we went through today? Have you obeyed that gospel? It's not hard. It's not hard to understand. Have you done that? What will Jesus say to you when you're at judgment? Will he say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. Or will he look at you and say, depart from me? I never knew you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.